Hi, and welcome to the Future of Development podcast. My name's Anthony Montategi, and I'm here to inspire people to find amazing careers in the construction development world. like our podcast, please make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really like our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Gary, welcome to the show. Excited to have you on. You know, it's uh, it's fun every time I get a serial entrepreneur or someone that really is exciting about building businesses. Uh, you know, we've got lots of great entrepreneurs that uh, listen to the show, and we're always looking for the way to hack uh, the business idea. So uh, welcome. We're glad, glad to have you on. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Happy to be here. And uh, one of my favorite subjects is talking about entrepreneurship and helping uh, business owners succeed. So I'm excited. I got to tell you, you know, all the books I read, I got your book, which is amazing. This how to dominate, how to dominate your market in 90 days, which by the way, if you're, if you know, you guys know me, I, I read a lot of books. This is like a snack that is a easy read, but has probably more content than most of the books that we get, right? It's one of those ones where it's not fluff. You know, how many books have we read that, uh, you know, maybe have all these chapters, but most of them are crap. Uh, it's one idea. This is a book that has all ideas and no crap. And it's a, it's a great, uh, well-written book that gets people right to the point. Uh, I think it's pretty awesome. Thank you. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I wrote it uh, with a couple intentions. One was uh, a lower, um, lower reading grade level so that um, people can understand it. I didn't want to put a lot of uh, technical stuff into it. Wanted to really talk about the pains and the things that matter most to people when they're either starting a business or trying to grow a business um, and really focused in on those things. And um, yeah, I, I don't include too much fluff. I'm not really a fluff guy. I'm too, um, my wife says sometimes I, my tone needs to be improved. But um, other than that, it's more about just trying to deliver value and give information. And I feel like we did that. And, um, you know, I'm, always, always open and looking to talk to people that are wanting to excel and become the best version of themselves related, you know, to either them personally or their business. So that's really what the book was all about. You know, it's kind of fun that you know, a lot of books have, uh, you know, an idea that someone had one or two great ideas. And then you can really feel that the writer had to fill in a lot of the other spaces. You know, uh, this book reminds me of kind of the, of an iPhone. It does 10 or 15 things really, really, really well. And those 10 or 15 things are really, you, you, you can tell, uh, uh, you know, the, the, one of my favorite parts of it is your 90 day plan. There's yeah. actually, yeah. actually day by day, what to do for the next 90 days. And it gives you step by step. Uh, and it, it kind of feel like if you follow those, they're crystal clear that, you know, those are the things that uh, you've done to build businesses. You know, I, I think it's kind of important for the audience to get to know you a little bit, you know, maybe take you back a little bit from, you know, what, how did you get here? What, uh, what was the path, you know, that, that drove you to this, you know, uh, all entrepreneurs have kind of a, a little secret sauce, but a little something that, uh, where, where did it start from? What, where, where was young Gary at and what, uh, what was the driver? You know, uh, I never had, um, I, I was talking to a friend about this, uh, a couple of months ago. I never had anybody in my life as a child up until probably early twenties that I knew that owned a business. Um, I, I grew up what you would call lower, lower middle class. Like we were, we were 
poverty line um, in terms of uh, you know income. Um, my uh, my stepfather was uh, he was in the construction industry and also worked uh, in manufacturing. And I can remember them them talking about this is in the '80s when I was growing up. Uh, Two hundred dollars uh, a week was uh, you know bring home pay that kind of thing. And and then he went through a layoff uh, in the mid '80s, and we we didn't have a lot. So I didn't have many people that I could look up to as, as business owners or entrepreneurs, but I, I always had kind of a desire inside of me that I always wanted to do more and do better. And I went to college. Um, and while I was in school, a friend of mine started uh, selling lawn care for Chemlon. And he was like, man, you make good money. And um, it's, 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 it's great hours because it's mostly night and then weekends. So I started doing that. And I remember the third day I was there, they put me on the phones and it was like, when I made that first sales call, it was just adrenaline. <laughs> I remember, like, like, you know, I, I would say that that's probably one of the best things for people to learn, right? Mm-hmm. The ability to be on the phone and your voice, just learning that first of all, people aren't going to buy you, bite you. Right. Right. They said, no, you're not going to lose your birthday. Uh, you're not going to find out that they're not going to cast you into hell forever. Uh, that it's okay to, to you know, call people and, and get some yeses and some nos and, and you're going to be okay. And you're going to survive. And, you know, the drama of picking that, that 300 pound phone up. Right. I mean, because that phone at first weighs 300 pounds, right. And you pick it up, you're like, uh, hi, my and then all of a sudden you find your voice and then you realize that using your voice is, you know, there's, there's some, there's some skill to it. Right. I mean, it's right. a, it really creates opportunity. I think that's a, that's an amazing thing to learn. You're absolutely right. I think a lot of, um, a lot of individuals who get into business ownership um, that are in the space that I've been in, which is home service, they usually get in there for one or two reasons. They've either really been a good, a really technician. They were a great technician and just got tired of being a technician for someone else. So they wanted to own their own business or someone that was kind of forced into it because they either lost a job, lost an opportunity. So here I go, I'm going to try business ownership. And they didn't have the background related to sales. And um, yeah, telemarketing to me was the thing that I can hold on to the most that gave me the best education related to business. Now I've, got to be around uh, people that I've been very grateful for that have been um, very influential in my life related to uh, branding and customer service and finance. And I've had a lot of people that have poured, poured their um, value into me over the last you know, 30 years. And I'm very grateful for that. But the experience that I've had being able to um, I mean, just get my feet wet telemarketing. It was funny. Uh, the first person that I got to talk to, and by the way, this was the uh, first week of December. Uh, I was in Lexington, Kentucky, which um, there, was, there was snow on the ground the day that I started making these calls. And they gave me people that uh, stopped using the service in the last two years. So not the best type of person to talk to. They're irritated. Right, right. Um, there's snow on the ground and we're talking about lawn care. And I call this a uh, guy who had uh, seemingly, I, I believe he's retired, if I, if I think back, and very, very fond of his yard. And Kemlod had uh, made some mistakes. And he wasn't fond of those mistakes. And so since I called him, he got to tell me about them. 
And I had a sales manager who said two things to me. Um, don't take no for the final answer, like create conversation and talk to them. And then the other piece of it is listen more than you talk. And everybody who sells the first time, like you have all this information and you want to tell them everything about your, you know, shiny little product. And I remembered those two things wholeheartedly and I could feel myself wanting to talk and I like just shut up and I let him talk. I let him talk. And that conversation, it felt like it went on for an hour. It was probably 10, 15 minutes, but because I listened to him, I mean, it wasn't my great sales skills because it was my first call, but because I listened to him, he's like, I'll give you one more shot. I'm like, what? Oh, you're going to, you're going to buy from it. And that just, that fueled it. Like, okay, this is what I want to do something with this. And um, I mean, I, I was only a chem on for like 18 months, I think. Um, but I was top three in sales for my first year in the whole company. Um, and I knew like that skill could help me do a lot of things. Um, ended up being in the mortgage industry for about 15 years, created a business based off of telemarketing, uh, created a pretty large telemarketing department to uh, fuel our loan officers with leads. And um, yeah, I mean, I even talk about that now to where the phone is an underutilized sales tool in so many ways. Oh, just, um, I mean, how many people are just afraid, just that, that fear, yeah. right? That, that fear of being able to get on there. You know, that, that the first time I picked up a phone and someone coached me on how to do it. I worked for this old guy in, in Boca Raton, Florida in a boiler room, right? And he just made me pound the phone, call 300 people a day. He started me on the East Coast. And I, I, you just wouldn't let me, you tied me that phone all day long. I would start at, you know, uh, early crack of dawn, East Coast time, you know, uh, and I'd go all the way to the West Coast uh, and, and, and call people all day long. And he just wouldn't let me put the phone down. I, I literally, I never put it down. I just hung up with my finger. And yeah. now the next number. You know, that that skill set right there, learning to do that. The first time I made a sale where a woman sent us $20,000. I had never met, I had never met her personally. And she sent a check for $20,000. And I realized I did that all with my voice, right? And it had no, it, it, we never met. She lived in Plano, Texas. I lived in Florida and she sent us a check overnight. And I realized in that moment, this is something that's got to be utilized, right? This is something that's a, a skill that uh, I want to, I want to be able to use for my life. Yeah. You, uh, you know, you built credibility and trust and especially today, <clears throat> Um, people get lost in kind of the shiny object syndrome of what you can do online with marketing. And a lot of it's great. Don't get me wrong. I mean, social media is such a great platform for branding and awareness. Um, I've utilized it and I'll continue to utilize that. But there is the power that you can build with a phone call um, either to sell or to reacquaint uh, or to introduce that um, you can't achieve, you know, with a social media post or a social media ad or a website. I mean, it is definitely, it is truly the lost, um, the lost art. And I, I talk about it a lot. There's a lot of different ways to utilize it today um, that can still get what it is you want out of it. But uh, yeah, any business owner that has that ability to pick up the phone and make dials. Like you said, get over that call reluctance, move past that point of, you know, sick to your stomach, ready to throw up. Okay. I got to make these calls. You can get there. You can really begin to create 
um, as you did, credibility, trust. And then once you get that no like, and trust, then people are ready to buy from you. Well, and I, I think it takes, like I had a guy who, who sat, you know, he had a, he had a, he sat right next to me like on the other side of the desk. And he actually even had a box where he could listen to what the person would say. And I think one of the problems is that a lot of people don't get that coaching. Right. Mm-hmm. So I had someone who said, right, right. You know, uh, and, and they would teach you kind of how to make the move, how to, how to have the conversation in a way that would build uh, slow trust. Right. Mm-hmm. You could, you could listen to it. Don't over talk, don't over communicate, but it takes, it takes having a coach. Right. It, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I would have got that same skill just sitting in a room by myself. I think that the, the problem is that then you're frustrated because you don't really have the skill set yet. You're doing right. best. You, you may be, even be passionate about the idea, but you know, uh, uh, it's it, having that coach for me was probably one of the best things. I, I would say it was the best thing I had, you know, he was a great example. I could listen to him on the phone uh, when he was talking to customers. I could, I could hear some of the, some of the different lines or sentences that he would use the way mm-hmm. that he would build something up. And I think in that process, uh, having a coach is valuable. Right. Yeah. I think you touched on something that even goes further than, you know, I was talking about phone sales, every area of business where I've been successful, I've had a coach help me get to that level of success. You know, you talked in the book uh, or you talked earlier about my, you know, understanding of social media, but it's because I've had somebody teach me. I had somebody tell me, Hey, Gary, you need to do this, 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 and this. And then I followed what they said. And it worked. Um, and same thing with, you know, my um, uh, relationships uh, with employees, having somebody like coach you in that leadership development to, you know, develop empathy and have patience and be able to provide a framework for people to be successful. Um, all those things, you can, you can learn a lot no doubt about it. You can learn a lot through, you know, college and university, but having someone mentor and coach you to be successful in an area where they have excelled and been successful, like there isn't uh, a dollar amount you can put to that um, if, if you have the right one, for sure. Um, and I think it goes much further than sales. And I can look back in every area where I have had success and it's related to someone who I asked to put that investment into me so that I could, I could get there. Yeah. I mean, there, there is for sure having examples, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Right. I mean, I, I, you know, I, I didn't even know, I, mean, I didn't even know you could ask someone for a sale on the phone. I, 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 I had no idea that you could call someone up and, and talk to them, you know, and then uh, he would show me, this guy would show me how to introduce the company. Right. Cause you know, we really start to build trust in, all right, uh, they're going to need to understand this company and, and how we do things around here and, and why investing with us is important. And, uh, you know, talk about the successes of the company and how, uh, you know, where our clients go and, and how they're, they're, they're going to need to build trust in that. Right. And then, and then they, then they, they teach, it would teach you, all right. Uh, then the product that we're selling, why is that product a good product? Here's the success rate. Here's why uh, to do this. Uh, how easy is it to actually make the transaction happen? What's, if I do a transaction with you, how's it going to go? Where does my money go? How do I make sure I get it back? How do I get the money? That I gonna, you know, they, they really need to be able to paint the picture to see the ability to see the sale from one end to the other end. You, you weren't going to just do it. Hey, send me, send me 20,000 bucks 
it just wasn't going to happen. You had the small lift. Here's the company. Here's why the company's successful. And here's what we've done. Here's our track record. Here's proof. Here's where you can see that. Let me let me send you information and show you why the company. Let me show you the product, right? Hey, by the way, when we make this sale, here's what's going to happen. Your money's going to go from here. It's going to go into this account. And here's how we're going to make those transactions. You're going to approve it. And when you approve it, here's what happens next. And once people could start to see that, now, here, once I understood that that's what they needed to buy something, then it, was, it wasn't hard, right? But I had to learn, I had to learn that uh, there was a process to this. By yeah. the way, it also helped me out in my dating life, right? I, I didn't know how to talk to girls. Right. Someone said, hey, look, she's not going to go date you until she trusts you, right? And all of a sudden, I, yeah. I applied that to dating, and it actually worked pretty damn good. You know, all of a sudden, yeah. oh, I got, I'm, a, I'm a nice Catholic boy. I can talk about this things. I could, I, I, I grew up here. Here's my parents. And you know, the, once they found out you weren't a stalker, then maybe you had a shot at maybe getting to go to dinner with them. And then right. we took them, you know, and that same tech, you know, how you do this is how you do everything yeah. applied in my life as well. So I thought uh, a sales is a great thing to learn uh, to, to apply to, to, to any business that you have to grow. Absolutely. And there's a reason why large corporations do, you know, with management do cross training. And even if someone is not going to be in sales, like they spend some time in sales because, you know, the communication process that you were talking about, the credibility and trust factors that go along with it are things that um, are invaluable in all parts of an organization. And um, I, you know, the guys that and gals that have organizations or businesses that they built that didn't have the, the background or the chance to be in sales, you know, they aren't necessarily um, any less successful or they're not necessarily any less um, open to success, but sometimes they, they have a little bit of a, of a harder trajectory to get to that level of success because sales and being involved in, in, uh, in sales gives you so much to, uh, to lend to that success. And honestly, everything in my entrepreneur life, I, in terms of success, I, I lend back to those early experiences, uh, overcoming adversity, being able to solve problems, doing those things that are harder, uh, that others maybe shy away from. A lot of that I learned through that grueling, you know, telemarketing sales job. For, for sure, there's a uh, a whole section to that, right? That, that, uh, relentless behavior, you know, there, that guy taught me how to sit on the phone and never put it down. Right. Like they're just, just learning that don't put the phone down. Cause as soon as you put the phone down, now you're going to go meander at the coffee machine. They're going to go over there and that's two or three more phone calls that you might be missing. I'm like, right. Right. And today I still apply that to my, to my life. Right. As a, you know, uh, what are the things that, that are distractions from my day of success? Right. Yeah. If I'm going to be successful today, I've got to get the distractions out of here. Now, if you look at the way I live today, I've got, you know, I, I have an, I, I live and work in an old factory and on one side of my house is, is where the, where the offices are. There's 50 people a day that come to our, to our factory to work. And, you know, the commuting was killing me, right? Like just an hour each way to, to commute. That was two hours of my day on top of a 10 hour day. I'm already working. Now, now that was messing me up. So finding a building that I could have offices in and and have my family in, my kids' schools down the block, where I could where I could really create a life that uh, made it focus, right? So it made wow. becoming an entrepreneur a little bit easy. It took the distractions. There's no TVs 
that uh, you know we're not watching tv during the day i you know, yeah. so i feel like that's one of the downsides of being home alone is that all of a sudden you know you're washing salad bowls you're taking the dog out and all, all of a sudden you're you know oh look oprah's on and not that oprah's not a great great woman but you know that doesn't belong in my work day right uh, yeah. what are the things i need to do to focus on to be successful today yeah i mean that's a big uh a big piece of success is your ability to focus uh actually one of my coaches says that you know focus is a superpower that we possess as humans and how we're able to um handle the focus and maintain focus will determine our success because there's all kinds of like you were saying outside interferences trying to take us away from the task at hand so learning how to manage yourself to a calendar being accountable to the things that you say you're going to do um having a schedule that's you know on almost boring because you know the same exact things you're going to be doing on a daily basis at that time are the things that are going to make people successful. If you look at those who have been there before, success leaves clues. And um, there isn't many individuals that have achieved high levels of success that don't have structured lives, that don't do the same things over and over again, because, you know, consistency and continuity are two foundations to success. You just have to be doing the right things consistently and you have that continuous activity. And without structure, without focus, um, it's easy to, uh, to, to not be able to get where you wanna get. So um, doing the things necessary, like you talked about, you, know, you took it to another level. I'm gonna live and work in, a, in the same place, but getting really intentional on how you spend your time and what you spend your time on allows you to have what, you know, that, that word that everybody wants balance, like there isn't a balance, but you, you invest your time and your minutes um, when you're actually using them. So when you're with your family, you're with your family, when you're working, you're working and you're not scatterbrained with, with everything that happens. And I think that is, something that once you harness it, then you can begin to see the trajectory of the things that you're able to accomplish and the people that you're able to impact really begin to grow. You know, I don't know that, you know, I always hear this work-life balance and, and look, I, I get it. Like I have to have, I've got a family that I want to take care of, but the truth is that I have, you know, business for me has been relentless behavior, mm -hmm. right? Like, like how I do my, I mean, it's relentless, right? I get up at four o'clock in the morning, I handle my gym. I'm in my office. My first meeting every day is at 630 in the morning. People are like your first meeting every seven days a week. I have a, a meeting at 630 in the morning, right? And why? Because I can handle stuff before my family even gets up. I've yeah. done more. I've got the gym out of the way. I've got, I've got uh, uh, my first uh, a meet, a meeting done by seven, by 730. I'm there. My, my wife isn't even out of bed for another hour, mm -hmm. right? So, so when they, when they get up, they don't even know that that's there. You know, it, it, that used to be at the end of my night, right? It used yeah. to be. Uh, wasted time that was at the end of my night that was you know that uh 9 30 to 12 30 time that time where literally all i did was watch tv mm -hmm. and i took that time and i moved it to the bottom of my day now it, it was hard i mean at first you know you, you're my brain i've got this guy fred that lives in my head and and, and fred is a sob right yeah. he, he's just trying to you know take me off of cold you know you get up at four o'clock in the morning you're your first couple of times you're like, oh, I don't want to get up. Oh, you know, I should, I should sleep, but I'm gonna be tired. You know, Fred lies to me. Fred wants to lie to me to get me to stay in that little comfy bed. And I've had to, 
you know, put my, my phone on the other side of the room. I've had to put my shoes on it already out. Uh, you know, the first thing I do in the morning is I, the, the very first thing I have a, a YouTube channel that I've kind of developed and where I go to, you know, Eddie Perino or, or one of the, one of the great uh, speakers. And uh, I, I just start uh, uh, impact theory or, or, or one of the, one of the great uh, uh, podcasters that are, out, that are out there. And I just turn them on. Yeah. While I'm shaving it, I brush my teeth first and I shave. It's a really boring routine, right? Even before I go to the gym, those I scrape my face and do the teeth brushing. But what I do is I listen to that podcast. Mm-hmm. And instead of listening to Fred, who's in there lying to me, yeah. like Fred's like, oh, you don't need to go to the gym today. Come on, you guys are going to be busy. You don't need to do Fred's trying to get me out of the gym. I know that it's on my schedule to go to the gym. I, I want to be there at the gym at 4.30, right? When, they, when the door is open, that's where I want to be. I want to be out of that gym at 5.30 so I can get showered and be ready for my 6.30 meeting. Now, when I do that routine, right, it's a little bit boring. I go down, I turn the lights on, I turn the coffee machine. It's a very standard process. If 90% of my day is in a very strategic way of operating, 10% of my day that breaks out from there, I can give it full attention, right? Yeah. I get 90% of the day is in a very focused uh, analytical way of being. Also, when I when I take off for a week a month to go on vacation, I've already put in more hours in a week. I've already put more hours in a month than most people put in two months. Right? Right. When I'm at work, I'm at work. Right? I'm, you know, starting early gives me that that ability. So I think there's a lot of stuff that we don't realize that get in our way, and you know, having someone, you know, for me it was having coaches come in and show me, you know, look at look at the way I operate. And uh, call me out on some of that stuff, and mm-hmm. you know some of the books we read. And your book is great, right? Your your book is step by step what to do every day. I mean, I, I I'm I'm gonna get to some other parts of it. But I'm, here, I'm just gonna open up real quick to let's see here, day day eleven, right? Write three hundred words about service of your business performs. Make this fact only uh, uh, facts only a piece. No opinions. All right, so here, write three hundred words. Right. Yeah. So day eleven, you got to do this. Right. Place. 12 yard signs in high traffic areas, Home Depot's, Lowe's, Costco's, and Sam's. Okay, I mean, here, here, that's crystal clear. Five realtors, here, five realtors. I mean, it's crystal, post three Facebook live videos, one before 10 a.m., it tells me, before 10 a.m., it says one between 12 and four, and one after 4 p.m. You know, it, it gives me step by step guides, which, you know, that to me is great coaching. Mm-hmm. It, it's not ambiguous. It's not like, well, if you feel like doing it, try this. No, but now the problem is that Fred wants to go make this another story, right? Fred wants to go, well, he meant this. No, follow what exactly what it says. And then at the end of 90 days, you can decide what to keep and what not to keep But but try the 90 day play program as written and yeah. that's how you perform. Yeah. You know, th- that's the hard one for people to get is just, Get out of, don't let Fred run the, you know, are you, is Fred the tail or the dog that wags the tail or are you the, you know, or, or are you the tail that, or are you the dog that gets, or the tail that gets wagged? Yeah. So uh, by, by Fred. So it's taking the, taking Fred for me, and I'm sorry for using Fred so much. I know it's oh. Taking Fred and his lies out of my way uh, helped me focus on uh, really, you know, the path that uh, I know I need to take. Uh, but Fred's trying to talk me out of it, right? Oh, you know, so yeah. have breakfast. Yeah. Oh, great. So, yeah, you uh, you brought up 
some interesting things. One, one thing I would ask, like, this is where people get stuck. And I, I'm the, probably the biggest, uh, biggest one that gets stuck this way because I, my brain works in, I want results. I'm a results oriented type individual. Right. And so, you know, you talked about getting up at four o'clock and being at the gym at four 30, you know, you begin that process and I'm going to guess like you had to, you had to beat your own butt to make sure that you did it every day. And there were maybe a few days when you first started doing it that you failed. Right. Um, and the people who fail one time and stop aren't going to get to that end result of where you're at now, because you talk about that and I hear it and I say, man, I want what Anthony has. I want to be able to do what Anthony has, but it started with that period, whenever it was of you taking that first step of, I'm going to get up at 4am today. And Fred, you're going to shut up, you know? Um, and you had to start that process. And it's the hardest thing for humans, especially me, maybe not everybody is like me, but I have a goal in mind. And it's going to take a journey to get to that goal. And the whole, you know, the whole, uh, phrase that's used over and over again is stop and smell the roses. Well, basically what they're saying is understand that the journey is where the strength comes from. The journey is where the value comes from. The journey is what's going to give you what you're actually seeking. It's not at the end, it's the journey. And really like you don't have an end result in mind. It's, this is what I'm doing every single day so that I can give value to my team. I can give value to my family. I can provide value to those that um, are the ones that we serve. And it's hard, it's very hard, right? I mean, everybody's got an inner voice. I don't think I've ever named mine. I'm gonna figure out a name for it. But um, I don't know if you've ever read anything or heard anything by David Goggins, but somebody I would look, I would definitely check out. He's um, He was the only individual that's ever went through Hell Week three times. Um, and he eventually passed uh, SEALs training, but he is an individual that he believes that you look in the mirror every day and it's your accountability mirror. And that mirror is you and the lies or truths that you keep with yourself. And, you know, Fred to you is that person that tries to keep you from having the truth that you want with yourself. And, um, you know, the, the only character that you have is how you are when nobody else is around and what it is that you're, you're committed to, what it is that you're willing to do. And those are the things that, you know, those are the quote unquote soft skills, I guess, that a lot of people miss, not just in business, but in life. You know, you look at people that have success, that have achieved success. Like Anthony, you just described the day that successful people need to have on a daily basis. It might be boring. It might be that of, you know, monotony. But if you don't do that, you're not building the muscles. You're not building the things that make you the strongest. And I'm not just talking about physically. I'm talking about, you know, mentally and emotionally and being able to handle the struggles and adversity that comes because it's going to come. You don't own a business. You're not in this game of entrepreneurship without dealing with problems. Um, and the bigger your organization gets, the bigger the problems that you get to solve get. Um, and you have to be able to handle those things emotionally and mentally and physically 
And if you aren't doing the work on a daily basis and four o'clock sucks, um, there's no other way to describe that. Um, you know, you're a sadist if you love four o'clock, but it, your, your people, family, employee, team, customers, like they deserve the best of you. And the only way you can give the best of you is to, is to do those things. You know, a, a couple of things happen, right? So one, you got to have grace for us, right? I mean, we're all drinking off of fire. Right? Mm -hmm. Like, like literally the world has never been faster than it is today. I mean, we're living in an amazing time of life and so much new stuff is happening. And a lot of us are just so damn overwhelmed all the time that, you know, we're exhausted. We're, we're, we're checking out, you know, a lot of things had to change for me to get to that spot. You know, for, for years and years and years, I was a, a heavy drinker and smoking dope. And, 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 you know, the problem is with that is I'd get the efforts, Right. As soon as I'm in those, those places or I'm hung over the next day, I get up in the morning. The problem is I, I didn't realize like drinking. I, the next day I would wake up and I'm literally in withdrawal. I didn't realize that the amount of sugar that I would eat, drink, uh, drink at night. I'd get up in the morning and, and I'm, I'm trying to go get something done, but there's shame and guilt and all the stuff that comes in there. For me, this stuff all didn't happen until I started looking at some of the things that were stopping me from getting there. Right. You know, like I couldn't, uh, you know, I, I, I've, uh, I've struggled with sugar for years, right? And, and literally, when I say struggled, it is out of all the addictions in my life, noticing the amount of sugar that's in my diet and, and working on that for my health and, and stuff that, you know, I've had some stuff, like right now, I'll tell you, I went through some tough, tough stuff a couple of weeks ago and I relapsed on sugar. And I make it sound like a real drug, like heroin or something. But to me, out of all the things I've quit, sugar was one of the toughest ones out there. All of a sudden, I found myself eating ice cream and donuts, and and the sugar makes it tough to to, to not feel shame and guilt about the body, right? When I look at the body and go, all right, if I in order for me to be great at work or family or life, I need a vessel that's in that tip top shape, right? I got to be in that spot of myself where I start to look at my character defects, right? Not just not just the character defects that are are the ones the way I live my life. Right, some of the behaviors and actions and some of the stuff that I do, but also the things that I eat. Right, if if I if I'm gonna if I'm gonna run a high performance vehicle, I and and you people ask me how do you get up at four o'clock in the morning? Well, I look today getting up at four o'clock. I get up without an alarm clock. It's oh. I'm up. My body's there. Why? When I don't do sugar, right, or I don't drink and I don't smoke dope and I and my vessel's clear. There's a there's a it, my body has a natural intuition to get up. And it has that ability to go go out in the morning and it becomes this habitual way of living. Now, sometimes you fail, right? The problem is that that shame and guilt kick in. And that's the killer. I, I believe if you if you look at all of us, the shame and guilt that we carry around as humans, I don't know if it's Catholic guilt or Christian guilt or whatever our society has put on us for not being perfect. I'm not perfect. I mean, life is not perfect. I mess up. I've, you know, I cuss at my kids every once in a while. I've, I've yelled at my dog. I, you know, I speed. I, there's things that I, I'm not perfect at. And I, I, I try to work on those things, but still character defects to me are like the lawn. I get this section of the lawn perfect. And I turn yeah. over here and the hedges are gone. And yeah. then I fix the hedges and I need a trim. And there's always a weed popping up somewhere. You know, uh, I worked on cussing for a year. I made a whole year, not one cuss word. All of a sudden, in this year somewhere, I, I don't know, they popped out in, in a couple of conversations. And now I, I catch them, they're like little weeds that pop out. I'm like, well, look, if you're committed to really intentionally speaking to people, and if you want to be a great leader, 
right? You can't be in the middle of a business meeting and start cussing in the middle of a meeting, right? Those words don't work. Right? The, the language I use is how people see me, right? I can't be a great, I, I can't communicate to great people for great numbers of people and be in the middle of a meeting and start effing it and effing yeah. this and effing that. It just, it doesn't, it's not very effective. So I started looking at, that's a character defect, right? I can't communicate to large group. Maybe that works with my buddies or maybe that works, you know, when I'm telling funny jokes or something. But when I really look at what's the behaviors I want to create, right? If I want to be really malleable and go to that next level of growth, that matters, right? People ask me, how does sugar matter? I mean, how, how can, here, I've been talking a lot about sugar. How, how can sugar matter? Well, look, if I really want to be there and notice that I'm having a hard time you know, I'm sitting, uh, you know, studying, practicing or something, and I'm, I'm dumping a couple of, uh, you know, a teaspoons of sugar into my every cup of coffee that I have, or even caffeine, right? The, the things that, you know, I really start to notice about uh, my body and how I operate this thing, right? The body has these amazing natural, I mean, we have so many natural uh, abilities, these small little intuitions that we have. Walk into a room and feel people, right? The ability to be present with a group of people right? To, to be there with them, to be there, to feel, to feel the people that are feeling good, the people that are feeling bad. You can feel them, right? When you really do great work with people, you could start to, when you, when you get a body self-awareness, right? And you work on it, we work on ourselves, right? We work on, this is the most important part to work on myself. Then I can go work with others, right? Because I can't give away what I haven't done. And if you're going to be a great leader, great leaders have to do more work than anybody in the room, right? I've got to do more coaching. I've got to do more reading. I've got to do more than anybody out there. If I want to, if I want to lead them, I've got to do more work on me. And that's the stuff that I, I think that's hard to remember, right? I can learn all these sales skills. I can learn everything else, but if I don't take care of me, right. And do the stuff that I need to do to, to practice these behaviors and all my affairs, right. If I don't do this in every action that I have, I don't have a, I don't, and it has to be in all of them, right. I, I can't be, no. I can't be great in the office, but come home and cuss up my kids. Mm -hmm. Right. I can't be, I can't be, you know, cheating on my taxes and wonder why, uh, you know, my shame and guilt's not going to kick in the, you know, when I, when I talk to a customer, right. If I want to be great at something, I've got to practice this in all my affairs. And that takes, that's a, that's a tough one, right. The, the malleability of really self-evaluation. And sometimes I have to bring people, not sometimes, all the time, I've got to bring people in. In fact, in my life, there's a team of people that's around me. That, that, that literally coached me. It's, it's spiritual, physical, uh, business-wise. They all, there's a team of people around my life that work on each aspect of that, that support me, right? So they, they can guide me in ways that I couldn't see for myself. Yeah. Um, and that in itself, you know, you talked about as a leader, you have to be the one that's doing more than, than the others that you're leading, right? But also being in submission to others that you're willing to learn from. Um, there is no end in learning in this life, right? Um, I, I'm always trying to learn something new, either related to business. I'm a huge history buff. Um, I love history. I'm always interested in history. I'm a major uh, Bible history kind of person that um, I'm always, I always want to know backstories related to everything. I don't care about, um, I, don't, I don't always care just about the story. I want to know the backstory. Like that to me is the most important thing. And um, man, 
being able to open yourself up to learn, being able to um, give that time and energy to people um, as well as submit to others helps you grow in so many ways. I mean, the biggest problem most business owners have in that quote unquote balance thing is, and I agree, I don't, I don't believe there is balance. You have to, you have to commit the time that you're doing um, and commit 100% of that time to what it is you're doing, whether it's your, your business, your team, your family, whoever, be present in those moments and that's your balance. Um, but when, when business owners are, are getting successful or, or an entrepreneur is really like in that mode of trying to grow their business, they forget that there's more parts to them than just that business person. And they neglect health. They neglect their spirituality. They neglect their mental health. And that's when things begin to get to the point to where you can't be the best version of yourself. And if you're not creating, you talked about, you know, uh, you are a, uh, a high-powered machine. If you're not taking care of that high-powered machine in all those ways, you can't perform. You can't function in uh, the areas or the ways that other people are counting on you to. And we miss that. We, we, we miss that because we think we're so focused on the things that matter and we're not focused on making sure that who we are and what we are and what we are able to deliver is 100%. And, um, and I've, I've been struggling with that journey for two years because uh, probably three years now, I'll take that back. Um, and I say struggling because it's a constant battle. Yeah, about giving yourself grace. Um, yeah, and, and it's definitely Christian guilt. I'll, I'll go with that for sure. I mean, it's, you know, um, you think you're doing enough, you feel like you're doing enough, and then you slip, right? Uh, I'm like you. Uh, I'm a fat kid who loves cake, and sugar is my enemy. It's my kryptonite. And, um, you know, it, I, I get it honestly because my grandma used to make me pudding all the time as the way to, you know, soothe my, my feelings. So I equate sugar to, you know, soothing mentality. I also um, have had periods where alcohol was ingested way too much and way too many times and taken advantage of. And those things keep you from performing at your peak. And uh, if you want to be peak, you have to commit to a couple of things. One, learning all the time. You have to commit to learning all the time. Two, you have to commit to making yourself the best version of yourself. There's a reason why when you get on an airplane and uh, they're going through the safety measures, they tell you to put your mask on first before you help anybody else. Because if you don't take care of you, you can't help others. So that commitment to yourself has to be um, one that you're unwavering from. And then you have to be present in all of the communications that you have. I think in my relationships, both professionally and personally, the biggest thing that has helped me the most is just blocking out the noise. And when I'm with someone, be with someone. I mean, cell phones have made it too easy to do too many things. And um, the biggest struggle is putting it down and leaving it alone. But if you can, if you can do that and you, the minutes that you're spending with your team or your people or customers or your family, the minutes that you're spending 
they matter and you'll get a lot more done. You'll accomplish a lot more and, uh, and, and people will come away feeling fulfilled instead of that was, uh, that was not, that was not a good time. Right. Um, but you have to be focused on those three things continuously. If you want to be the best version of yourself to deliver that value that, that others are going to, are, are, are wanting from you. And, uh, I think everything that you touched on related to the struggles with, you know, sugar and alcohol, like that, that kind of falls upon almost everybody. Maybe it's not sugar for my wife. She's a salt, like salt is her kryptonite. She, she talks about it all the time. She's a very unique individual. Like sugar isn't her kryptonite. I'm like, I wish I had your life, but salt is her thing. Like she likes that salty taste and so she's got to stay away from it if she wants to be able to maintain her fitness and you know she has went on a journey of she is first an hour and a half almost every day related to just getting in the best place physically and mentally that she can and it helps her be able to serve everybody else around her and that's I mean if you don't think of yourself um, in that way it's hard to be able to lead others because they're looking at you going out exactly what am I leading or what, what am I following? What, who, who is this person? Um, and you have to have that to be able to do that. You know, you know, think about this, you know, for thousands of years, maybe even millions of years, we were tribal, right? I mean, you and I might've been part of a hunting group. Your wife might've been part of a, of, of the gathering group, right? You know, a birthing group or, or, you know, you know, we would maybe walk with our elders, Right? We, we would have an elder who would walk with us and carry, carry your spirit like this and be careful in these bushes or the lions are over here. Or you know, we, they would give us guidance and, and they would, as we would have a rite of passage, they, they you know, we, we got great feedback from our elders and a time was simple, right? Life for life was easy. We just had to worry about uh, this plot of land that we worked, right? Our, our family, our group, our, cult, our, 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 our whole civilization was in a small group to area. And our elders meant something. And the guidance we got from them was great feedback. And we walked with them on a daily basis. And then the Industrial Revolution comes along and industry blows up, right? We all start drinking coffee and working lots of hours and we start busting ass. But the problem is little Gary and little Anthony are at home and our dads come home and they're tired, right? They might get a couple of minutes a day to, to guide us, right? And our programming gets a little bit, a little off skew. And we're not quite sure how to do this. Our guidance isn't all there. Now we're asked to go and lead others. And we're all like, well, oh, shit, I don't even know what I'm doing, right? I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure this place out. I don't have much guidance. You know, whatever I've been given, I, you know, I rub two sticks together to figure this out. You know, yeah. I, 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 like you, came from a real poor, poor, I mean, back, I had no, I, my dad died when I was seven. There was no guidance. So a lot of that stuff left me really, and then all of a sudden I find alcohol. All of a sudden, that makes me feel good, right? That comfort I was looking for. Oh, oh, I keep hitting that. I keep hitting that, right? And then I get to a point where I'm bashing the button and it's still not working, right? And and all of a sudden, I'm wondering why I'm off kilter. I can't get comfortable anymore. And our society, we're going so fast, which is the most amazing things are happening. What's what's great about entrepreneurs is that they're creative. Right? We're out there. We have all these great ideas. We just need the guidance and support from others to get there. And when I'm working on top of some real messed up programming, right? Some of my programming may not have been perfect. Not that my parents were bad people. They just didn't know. They were, right. they, they, they had some, some messed up programming, you know, 
kids should be seen and not heard. Who do you think you are? Uh, you know, a, a lot of the stuff that uh, we were brought up on gave me just a little bit of a, of a, of a, of a, uh, just kind of messed me up a little bit. And some of that uh, deprogramming, some of that old stuff and start really creating some new opportunities for me to look at life. You know, sugar was such a comfort for me. My, my mom and I, my mother was an amazing cook to eat was, you know, fulfilling. I, I got feedback. I made her happy. I saw her she yeah. was happy when I ate, right. Your, your grandma, you would see that and you go, wow. Right. And then today I wonder why whenever there's food on the table, you know, I don't know, but you know, my, my, my wife can have like a little bit of food, whatever's on my plate, it's going down my gullet. Right. I, I don't know how to, I, I don't have to be hungry to eat. Yeah. <laughs> right? I'm, you know, so all of a sudden, you know, when I start to notice some of those things and, and maybe some of those, some of those character defects got out of whack, right? Some of those characteristics that served me well as a young kid, uh, some of those kind of outgrew themselves. And today, now I have a life that uh, I've got to look at those character defects and go, all right, what's serving my business life? What's serving my personal life? And I can work on them, right? I, I you wow. know, I talked about uh, relapsing on sugar a couple of days ago, you know, I had a really stressful day, right? It was stressful, stressful, really st more stressful than I had in years. It was a really tough thing to have. I had to deal with on, on, uh, on, on that Friday. It was, it was uh, not this Friday, last Friday. And uh, I came home and uh, I just wanted to escape. I don't drink, right? I, I gave up drinking and I thought ice cream would do it. And I drank that, I ate that ice cream and like it just, I wanted to escape for a moment. And you know, today I can see that. Mm -hmm. Look at it and go, yeah, that didn't really work. Uh, you know, sometimes I just don't want to feel uncomfortable. Today, when I work on, it's okay to be uncomfortable. When I learn to be in an uncomfortable situation, right? It's okay. You know, we look at those elders that we had, right? And what's happening today is we don't have those elders. Life is changing so fast. That even us, I look at my kids and the information that I have doesn't serve them like they did for the elders when we were tribal, right? The elders when we were tribal, they knew where the lions and tigers were and that was valuable. Today, there's no lions and tigers. The things that we learned, they're not even useful anymore. Our significance is changing, right? Our, and now we've got kids and we've got to guide them. And, you know, I'm like, I, everything I learned is changing so fast, uh, you know, and to be with them and to allow them to go through what they're going through and to be supportive, just, just to be there. Even if I don't know everything, just to be able to be with people as they go through their uncomfortable part and say, hey, look, it's okay. I'm uncomfortable too. You know, right. uh, it, it's, it's okay to be uncomfortable and uh, we're going to grow together. And all I can tell you is that I mean, you may not be perfect, but as long as you, you make it to tomorrow, we got a shot tomorrow, right? We have a shot tomorrow to be better to, than we did today. And that, um, you know, there's a, there's a suicide rate in our country today. That's unbelievable, right? People aren't making it to tomorrow, right? They're, they're checking out that they just can't take it. And uh, lots of our families are plagued with it. So, if we have grace for each other, go look, just if I can make it to bed tonight, tomorrow morning, I'll get up. I'll take another shot at this. Right. If I really work on those things and, and find great leaders and great trainers and find people to read from and, and guide from, I got a shot at this. If I, if I, if I take a look at Gary's book today and I just, if, if, if I just spend the next 90 days following Gary's book, right. If I could just follow someone who's had a path that, that done, that's been very successful and I can follow that path that Gary's put together. Maybe, you know, that's a, that's a good spot to start it. And right. from there I might learn some parts I like and some parts I don't like, but I can keep, I can keep what I want. I can, I can give the rest of it back. Right. right. And through, through Gary's book, I'll do your book, Gary. Uh, you know, there's some great, great, great guidance in that. And uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, I honor you for taking the time 
to support others the way you do, right? To, to write a book like this takes, you know, selflessness, right? To sit down and really give back to others in a way that supports others and gives them, you know, here, this is what's worked for me. I mean, yeah. I have it all perfect, but you know, look, I'm, I'm a man, but this is what worked for me. Yep. That's a pretty amazing thing. And, uh, you know, I, I honor you for the work that you do. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think, uh, the only, you know, the, the thing I'll add to that, um, is we also, you know, you talked about the suicide epidemic that we have in our country and in the world really, um, and relate it to community. Like the book was written as a way to give you accountability and to give you a guide, but as business owners, we're these lone wolves most of the time, you know, um, and we weren't created to be by ourselves. Like we were put here to be in community with people. And like that book can give you guide and it can give you a day by day by day step. And that, that was the whole purpose of it. But to the next step of that is to find other people that are doing similar things to you and really invest in them. Because, you know, I, I did that book, you know, I'm, I'm not getting rich off of a $6 book on, on Amazon. Um, I did it to help create a community, you know, and, and the other part of that is we, you know, we have a Facebook group of a couple hundred people that had really committed to it and they've created that type of community. But even further than that, you know, every, every part of my life where I wanted to advance, you know, we talked about coaches, but there's also that part of being vulnerable to others to be able to grow together. And if you can, uh, in your market, in your area, find others that are like-minded, are looking to become the best versions of themselves that you are trying and, and struggling to become, like invest in them and they'll invest back in you. And that'll be probably one of the most powerful things that can happen in your life is to have others alongside for that journey. They may not be doing the exact same that, same thing that you are, but you're probably hitting a lot of the same struggles. Um, you're probably seeing a lot of the same issues. You're probably trying to solve a lot of the same problems and having people that you can be in community in community with, like that's where, you know, technology is hurting us because it's allowing us not to be in community. Um, it's allowing us to push away from others. And, you know, we had we had a period to where we had to do that um, through the pandemic. And unfortunately, it feels like we were already conditioned to be that way because of social media and technology. And, you know, if I can leave anybody that's listening with anything from this, it's to find like-minded people to plug into and invest in them. Be a giver, don't be a taker. Be someone that's giving value and then provide as much of yourself that you can. And man, you're gonna grow so much by doing that and being involved with those people. It's hard, uh, it's hard to, to be vulnerable to new people. It's hard to be vulnerable to people in general, but if you can take those steps to begin to find your group, to find your crew, we're being a lone wolf. You know, wolves are made to be in packs and that's the way humans are. And uh, if you do those things like, you can achieve growth um, in those areas of your life, do the things that Anthony is talking about doing in his life, 
and be able to, uh, to see a path uh, to consistent success because success isn't just money. Success is the freedom and the ability to do the things that you want to do with the people that you want to do them with. That's awesome. You know, uh, I'm grateful. Uh, hey, everybody out there, listen, uh, all, the, all, the, all the folks that listen to the podcast, uh, please go out and check out his book. It's on Amazon. It's six bucks. You can get it right now. Don't, don't uh, cl- click on it right now. Go get uh, uh, Gary's book, uh, Dominate, uh, Dominate Your Market in 90 Days. And it's a step-by-step guide that takes you through 90 days of what to do. A great book. I highly recommend reading it. It's an, it's an easy read. It's, uh, you know, it's one of those ones that you can read on a, on a great airplane and then follow along right behind it. Uh, I, I got the book just recently, and uh, it was, it was just, a, just a pleasure to jump in there. So, Gary, uh, thanks for all the work that you're doing. And I look forward to having you on the show again. You know, uh, sure. you know uh, please, please come back. If people want to get a hold of you and uh, catch up with you and, and invite you uh, to, to speak for them or to, to uh, lead their group, uh, how would they get a hold of you? Uh, the best place probably is Facebook. Uh, my, uh, my name is Gary Guyman, uh, on Facebook. Uh, you can probably put that in the search bar and there'll be all kinds of, uh, of things you'll find, but my Facebook page, um, Gary Guyman, or, um, my website is Salvo now, which Salvo is a French and German military term that means shoot all your guns at once. So S A L V O now.com is, uh, is our website. Either one of those, you'd be able to get in touch. And uh, I'd love to talk to you about your event, your company, whatever that may be. And uh, I appreciate Anthony, you, uh, you having me. Um, you're definitely an inspiration. Um, I, I'm glad to have met you and uh, appreciate the time that uh, we got to spend together. All right, brother. I look forward to it again. All right, everybody. If I, like always, uh, if you like the interview and uh, like what we're doing over here, please just take a second right now, please. Uh, and subscribe uh, like and subscribe to it. It means the world to me. Uh, leave a comment. Leave us leave something. Let us know that uh, uh, you've got a, some input on this. Um, if you got some feeling about it, either way, good or bad, I want to hear both. Uh, please uh, do that. And uh, we're grateful as always for your all the great listeners and uh, the feedback that you guys give us. Uh, we are grateful. Thanks for joining us. My name is Anthony Montegi. Always looking for people to bring insight into the industry, finding ways to inspire people to have amazing careers in the development world. If you liked our podcast, make sure you hit the subscribe button down below. If you really liked our podcast, make sure you hit the little bell. Thanks again for listening. Please share it with your friends.